Welcome to Marketing Mysteries Solved, where we explore the trials and triumphs of marketing for healthcare executives. Wendy O'Donovan Phillips, CEO of Big Buzz, is on the case, interviewing guests through her proprietary process and solving some of the toughest marketing challenges in the industry. Let's get started. Hi, welcome. Uh, this is Wendy O'Donovan Phillips, your host. And uh, today I have with you Steve Moran. He believes that right now, no one wants to live in a senior living community. And it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. He's the founder of Senior Living Foresight, a media platform that is kind of like having to post, but for senior living. They help leaders have better cultures and higher occupancy. Their content includes things like how to make your staff love coming to work at the wages you currently pay them or teaching leaders about the latest products and services. Finally, they help those technology and service companies tell their story in a way that showcases their amazing value proposition and how they are changing the world. Welcome, my friend, Steve. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. You're one of my favorite people to talk senior living and sales and marketing and strategy and all that kind of good stuff. Back at you, 100%. So Malcolm Gladwell famously wrote in The Tipping Point about connectors. There are certain people in the world who have a gift for connecting other people. I think you have that gift. How did that start in your life? So that's a really, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that question before. So I was really this geeky kid growing up. I was that, you know, you know how when you're going to school, there was always that odd kid and it wasn't like he wasn't intelligent, but he just didn't fit in. He didn't have the social skill. That was me. And so I've sort of spent a lifetime trying to conquer that. When I launched Senior Living Foresight in the senior living space, early on, I went to a NIC conference. And the NIC conferences sort of start about noon, then they go till early evening, all the next day, and then half a day. So I walked in that first day, and I looked out there, and there were all these blue and gray and dark suits, mostly male, and they all looked like they were billionaires. And it was completely, completely intimidating. And so, and yet I was there um, to try to make connections and talk to people. And I went back to my hotel that night and I, I had this conversation with me about, Steve, what are you going to do? How are you going to make this work? And I finally decided that for me, the best way was to set a goal. And so I set a goal to meet 100 people. And I walked in and I would just force myself to walk up to individuals who weren't talking to anybody, walk into small groups where it looked like it was appropriate. And it was a it was a emotionally draining experience, but it was really cool because I would say 85, 90% of the time, I got a really positive response. Once in a while, it was terrible. Um, I'd be treated terribly. Uh, I actually walked into it was this was another time, but I love this story. And I'm not if, if I, I'm not going to tell you who the leader was, but somebody I'm actually very friendly with. But there was a group of very prominent leaders that were standing around. This is sort of at the end of the evening cocktail party, right? They were people that I did. One of them, I think I knew a little bit. And one of them was somebody I really wanted to meet. And I started to walk up and I got about 10 feet. And this guy who's really big name, very intimidating, he says, so he looked up at me and he says, you guys better watch out. Here comes Steve Moran. And it was really, really intimidating. But, you know, I just kept at it. And I recognized that 
there's always going to be a rejection factor. And as you might imagine, I don't give many rejections. Um, I actually find instead of me chasing people down, I've got people chasing me down to have conversations. And so that's the result of a lot of hard work. One other thing is that, and it doesn't feel like it right now because I'm doing all the talking, but one other thing is I'm a really good listener and I love to hear people's stories. That's so true. And I'm thinking back to when you and I were at the Smash conference late last year and you equipped me with a little clicker and you said, try to talk to a hundred people, have a hundred conversations. And I had never thought to do that at an event. And you planted the seed in my mind that the whole point of attending events is to talk to people. And it can be intimidating. And I'm so glad that you touched on that because it could be really intimidating for... I think our listeners will probably be surprised to know that I classify myself as an introvert. I do this very well. But if you throw me into a room of like 100, 200, in that case, some, you know, there were 600 people at that conference, right? But I love what you said that like walk up to a small group of people. Like that's all you need to do is just say hello. And I too, at that conference had, I had a hundred conversations. I, I used my clicker and I, and I met the goal that you gave me. I don't think I ever told you that. And I also, out of all of those conversations, I had one that didn't go so well. I, I walked up to a small group of people and the gentleman turned to me and said, can't you see I'm having a conversation? And I said, oh, excuse me. And I just walked away. Right. So, and I just, and I kept my mind on, I had 99 good conversations. And then this one guy was just having a bad day. Right. So it's going to happen, but that doesn't mean we don't continue to put ourselves out there. Well, let's be honest. There are some jerks out there. There's one (laughs) guy who I know moderately well. I don't want to tell you any more about him than that, (laughs) but he is at the top of my jerk list. And let me tell you why. If he sees you at a conference and you're talking to somebody that he wants to meet, he does not hesitate a moment to come in and butt into the conversation to get an introduction. However, if he's talking to somebody that I want to meet, he will never let me in because he wants to dominate <laughs> that person. Right. And that's just, it's just, it's terrible. One of my, my heroes in networking is a guy by the name of Paul Mullen. He's a uh, developer. And one of the things I know about Paul, and I've tried to adopt this as my model, is that I know that if I see Paul, and this was true when I didn't know anybody, I mean, you know, when I was just a nobody, when I was first starting this, I knew that if I walked into a group that Paul was in, and Paul was always in a big group of people, this outgoing, friendly guy. But I knew that if I walked in there, he'd introduce me to everybody, he'd make sure everybody knew who I was, and he'd do all these mutual introductions. And it was just his nature, and it was so much fun. So... Mm. I love it. Yeah. And there are so many more of those out there in the world than the ones that are not good. And I and I always marvel at the fact that we're in senior living, the senior living industry, and it is a small, tight-knit group of people. And so, you know, when we put our best foot forward with a few good people, that word spreads really, really quickly. So let us continue to do that. And you're doing this not only at live events, but you're doing this like crazy on social media. So you have 25,000 plus followers on LinkedIn. How did that start? So early on, I didn't really know anybody. And so I would sit at home watching TV with my wife and I'd have my laptop in front of me and I would go through... The way I would typically do it is I find a senior living company and I would just 
find people who were, you know, second or third level connections. And if they were people that I thought I wanted to be connected with, for me, it was sort of executive directors, marketing people, CEOs, and regionals. I'd send them an invite. And I had a little custom invite that I would use. And I would do it every night until LinkedIn said, you can't do any more tonight. <laughs> right. And, I buy that too. <laughs> that you get kicked off. And I was pretty <laughs> yeah. aggressive about it. I will tell you one Same. time I, I, I invited so many people and I had so many rejections that <laughs> LinkedIn put me in the doghouse for yes, um, I've been there. 48 hours. But that's not the worst story. <laughs> they have this thing on LinkedIn, and I think it still exists, where it says, do you want to upload all your connections so you can invite mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. Well, I took that very literally, that if I could <laughs> upload all my connections, that I should be able to hit one button and invite them. And I invited about twelve or 1,400 people to connect with me at one fell swoop based on my connections. That did not go so well. <laughs> I ended up in the doghouse with LinkedIn for 30 days. Which meant that I, you know, they didn't kill my account, but it just meant I could not do any more invitations for 30 days. Now I have 20, as you said, I've got about 22,000 first level connections, about 25, 26,000 followers. So LinkedIn sort of considers me to be a super-ish user. I don't, I don't really have any trouble connections. And, and honestly, I got to the point where I don't need to make as many connections. And then we post five to 10 things a week on LinkedIn, video, memes, articles. And we think that everybody ought to be deeply involved in, in LinkedIn. And, you know, as so I didn't know that you were posting five to 10 times a week, you and your team. And your team is comprised of a set of writers and content developers and social media mavens like none I've ever encountered. And I am secretly, quietly really envious over here because here I am running the marketing firm and I'm like, I want that sort of like social media team. But the fact that they're posting five to 10 times weekly, I mean, the industry standard that we teach to at Big Buzz is post four to five times weekly. So you're doing twice the amount. And so for our listeners, what this really means is that I always say that the quantity of followers is not as important as the quality of the content that you're sharing. And I think that Senior Living Foresight has really struck a balance of both of those things where you are extraordinarily active with an extraordinarily large set of connections that you've called over the years, but then you're sharing content that is genuinely educational to the audience. Talk to me a little bit about what what your vision is for content at Senior Living Foresight? Like what, what are your principles for it? So I'm going to actually back up on the connection sure. side of thing. There are two pillars on LinkedIn. This would be true on Instagram, even Facebook. And that's that you've got to have great content, but you have to have followers. And that's why inviting people is so important because yes. if you put up great content and you don't have any followers, nobody's going to see it. I mean, you might do something amazing and get it shared out, but that that is just, you know, that's like rolling the dice. It doesn't happen very often. So the first thing we want to do is we want to put out content that people are going to want to look at. And generally for us, that means content that they're going to learn from. Once in a while, we'll put out something where we just think it's going to be fun, that they'll make them smile. But that's, you know, we're not super good at the humor side of thing. And so mostly it's content that will, will help them be a better leader, help them market better, help them sell better, help them program better. We want it to be helpful. 
And we, you know, at first I would just record a video. I do a little cheesy editing and it worked fine. It's better now that I have somebody who does that as part of my team. It gives, you know, it looks better. It's it's better. But you just got to go. This is a big thing. You got to go do it. And it does not have to be perfect. Yeah. You just got to go do it. I'm so glad that you touched on that because I think that especially a lot of our listeners are operators or executives in senior living communities. And I think that there's this you know misnomer that like we've got to get the content marketing strategy exactly right. We've got to get the social media marketing exactly right. And it's so much more important just to join the conversation than it is to be anywhere near perfection. It's and I often think of it as being social online as the same has the same set of decorum and etiquette as being social offline, right? That like, I don't call and and hone the way that I'm going to show up to certainly, you know, a conversation like this one, maybe because we're recording or if, if I'm going to an event, I might think, you know, how do I want to show up today? But I don't think through every single interaction and every and pre-write every single thing that I'm going to say and, you know, pre-design everything. So there's something to be said for spontaneity in this. There's a Japanese term that I love, wabi-sabi. As a recovering perfectionist, this term just speaks to me because you could get the office design exactly right. And then you realize that there's a big coffee stain ring on the desk. Well, that's the wabi-sabi. The space is still beautiful. That just indicates that there's some humanity in the space, that there's an actual real human being living here. And that contributes to the beauty. Two quick stories, or really a thought and a story. One of the things that I see a lot that breaks my heart is I'll see senior living companies, organizations, they'll go out and hire a videographer and they will go in and they'll film residents doing perfect things and perfect dining room and perfect meals. And and then it gets edited. And what comes out is this two or three minute video that it has has perfect production values. The problem is, is that it's boring. And right. it's really hard right. for people and to look wants- at this and say, who- I hate that. This is, you know, and they fall in love with it because they've invested all this money and it's terrible and it hurts them. And who wants to live a boring life? Right. That's not compelling. That's right. That's right. Have you seen the video that just went viral of a senior living community that (laughs) they used snow tubes and they put their seniors on the snow tubes and like and had them like going down the hallways and had time of their lives. They're having the time of their lives. That's what the season of being older shall look like. Right. Not like these stayed. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, they're having a conversation over a dining room table. Oh, please. Who wants to do that for the rest of their lives? <laughs> I that, want to go right. moving. <laughs> so I want to actually come back to this video about the residents in the tubes for a minute. I have had a number of conversations with people about that, where at least some of those people have come to me and said, boy, that is a terrible activity. It takes away the dignity of the older people. And the reason I want to talk about this is that that may I'm going to say that that may or may not be true. And I don't know that we want to particularly go down that path. I think it really depends on the residents and the overall program. So I'm going to say that. But I think that in the context of what you put on social media, you've got to have a little bit of armor on because sometimes our people are going to be critical. We live in a world where it's fun to be critical. It makes us feel 
superior, to be critical. And you just, you know, I'm not saying I, I love critics. I mean, they, they teach me things. They help me to learn. But can't let that stop you. There's a great book out of my friend Jim Tobin wrote it, and I've referenced it before on the podcast called Social Media as a Cocktail Party. It's an older book, but the but the principles absolutely still hold up. And one of them is, you know, as I said earlier, like these rules of decorum, these rules of etiquette still apply. So TikTok is like really quick conversation with a friend. And Facebook is like having a party with your friends. Well, LinkedIn is more like going to an association meeting. So let us bring that level of professional decorum to the LinkedIn setting and mind our P's and Q's. And 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 again, I, going back to what we we're saying earlier about events, you're always going to have the naysayers. You're always going to have the critics. And I err on the side of... I mean, I certainly stand in my professional decorum when I post. And I err on the side of act now and, and ask for forgiveness later. I could always take a post down, right? And I trust myself enough in any social setting, online or offline. I trust my upbringing well enough to know that I'm not going to make a total fool of myself or my company, right? I recently did something. I made a total rookie mistake on social media and had to admit it to my team. We had been working on a project behind the scenes and I showed a behind behind the scenes photo of this project we had been working on well we hadn't bought the images yet and there the watermark is still on there from the very very expensive image company that that produces these images and i know that every time that you do that it's a $600 ding <laughs> And I knew that, but so we all, so all this to say, again, that's the wabi-sabi. Like I made that mistake. It was a costly mistake. I will continue to learn. I love what you said about critics are there to help us learn about ourselves and reflect on the world. And yet just keep going out and being ourselves and being social and connecting people because that's what matters the most. And you just, you learn from it. And at the end of this is as I will do, and I suspect that you will do when we're done. You know, you'll turn off the recording and we'll go, well, how was that? And we may just go, that was amazing. Or we may go, that was pretty good, but I wish we had. And that's all okay. You should be dissecting the stuff that you're doing. Not social media exactly, but we published a guest article this week that had just blow it out traffic numbers and none of us in reading the article would have ever predicted that it would have those big numbers really excited about it we always like big numbers right but then the question is is well what was it that made that work and how do we do it better and once in a while we have posts that don't go any place and then we look at that and we say well we don't want to do that again so reflection is so important and the way that we encourage clients to do it is you know, go back in the social media feed and pull the last 12 to 24 posts and put them all on one slide and put them in front of the marketing department and the executives and the investors and the owners, you know, whomever are the stakeholders and ask, you know, is this us? And, and, and do this exercise at least once quarterly, right? Is this us? Is this representing our brand? What's working well here? What's not? We do that as a firm and we do that with our clients. Same thing with content marketing, where the greatest gift of content marketing is that, you know, I think that most organizations think, well, content marketing, you know, provides additional awareness and some nurturing of the funnel. But the great gold mine that the that the content really possesses is the fact that any organization can pull a simple report that shows which content is being read most, 
who is reading that content, particularly if you're gating that content. And then there's your list of, of new prospects, right? The, the sales cycle in senior living is so long that it's so important to look back at who is actively reading because those are the folks who need your help now. And if invited into the right conversation, hint, hint, look at the subject of the content that they're reading. If invited into that right conversation at the right time, then they can make a good decision to perhaps move in with you. All right. Well, we're going to take a 30-second break. We'll be right back. Can't wait for answers to some of your biggest marketing challenges? Go to bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast and download a free chapter of your choice of one of Wendy's best-selling books. She has a book just for the senior living industry, one for medical organizations, and another one just for dentists. Most healthcare organizations feel overwhelmed about marketing. Wendy offers the cure. Her concise handbook shines a light on how you can put a method to your marketing for years to come. Visit bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast to download your free marketing book excerpt now. That's bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast. And now back to the show. So Steve, I hear that you're working on a couple of new projects. Tell us about those. Oh, we've actually got like four really huge projects. Two of them I'm not going to tell you about, but two of them I want to share. The first one is that we are launching a new website called Foresight Awards. And it is really a place to celebrate the great things that you're doing. And so we're going to start with 10 categories. And an operator can come in and submit for things like best executive director, best resident, best activity, best meal. I can't remember what what they all are. So and then each quarter we will go through all those submissions and we will present a foresight award for each one of those categories. It'll be something you can put on your social media, you can use in your email signature, all kinds of places to really just create a social proof that you are an exceptional community. So we're really in beta right now. The I'm not going to give you the you probably could find it with searching it, but I, I'm not going to give you the URL. But if you're interested in doing some submissions and doing some beta work on it, we would love to hear from you. And I would start by saying the reasons to not do it is it'll be a little bit messy. The best reason to do it is that we won't have a lot of submissions to start, which means the chances of winning will go way, way. And it will celebrate what you're doing and give you something to brag about in your local marketplace. The other one is that we are going to launch, um, we'll have it up probably in the next week, a very simple text messaging service that will once a week send to anybody who's working in a senior living community a question that they can use to start a conversation with residents, or really they could use it to start it with, as a conversation with team members as well. And so it'll come by text message. It'll be once a week. We're going to start with a six-week free trial, and then we will ask people to pay if it's working and they continue. But it's going to be, no, it's not even going to cost a cup of coffee a month worth of cost in order to be able to continue to do that. So we're really excited about that. And then the other one, too, I'm not going to talk about right now. But one of them might show up. Actually, it might be out there by the time this podcast actually runs, but I'm not going to spill the beans on it. 
<laughs> we'll have to learn about it on our next episode. That's <laughs> nice right. time that you and I get together. So Steve, I always like to finish the podcast episode with just a little liner note on family and self-care. I know that you're a real family man. You have three children of your own and you are always very well connected to your family despite how busy you are with your work, which is very busy. How do you balance all of that? So that's an interesting, it's always a hard question for me because I think I'm not actually very balanced. I love what I do. And so my work is how I make a living, but it's also my passion. But I always make time for family. One of the things that helps to center me is that I keep a Sabbath. And so one day a week on Saturday, I don't do any work. I use that time. So the first thing I do every Saturday morning, at least when I'm in town, is I teach at my church a bunch of fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And so I go hang out with these kids, and we play games, and we tell Bible stories, and we have great conversations. And then very often in the afternoon, I put my leash on my dog and go off and tromp through the woods. So this last week, we went up and hiked six miles, and that's very therapeutic. And I have two sons who live in town, and I see them almost every week, and, and some grandkids. And they're ultimately, at the end of the day, they're really, really important. I love it. So for our listeners, work hard. Don't be afraid of the wabi-sabi, and make sure to take a day off. Thanks so much, that's Steve. Right. Thank you, Wendy. This has been great fun. Thank you for listening to Marketing Mysteries Solved. If you found this episode enlightening, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. To hire Wendy to speak to your organization or to explore working together, get started now at BigBuzzInc.com. That's BigBuzzInc.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Thank <laughs> you.